0: Hello and welcome once again to In the Growth Space. This is the show for business owners and leaders who have a thirst for growth. And speaking of growth, have you ever wondered how business owners create that quantum leap forward in their own growth and their own business journey? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with on this week's show. I'm David McLennan, your host and growth coach, and it's an honor to have you listening in once again today. So on today's show, I'm going to introduce you to a business owner and leader who is a good friend of mine, and she has experienced such a quantum leap in her own business and in her own personal growth that I needed to have her on and just have her share a little bit about her journey, some of the things that she's learning, and things that she works with her own clients on as well. So today's guest is Alex Persglove, and she is the founder and CEO of Pace Success Coaching. She guides business owners in removing fear from actions and decisions and leading unapologetically so that they can recreate greater results, impact, and fulfillment. Now, Alex is a woman of faith, and she's a loving wife and a multi-six-figure business owner. She's deeply committed to her own personal growth, and you're going to know that (laughs) just by the conversation we have. She's invested over six figures in herself and and been able to really up-level every area of her business, her life, and her marriage. She's certified as an executive coach from the Center for Executive Coaching. She is a cultural transformation consultant from the Barrett Value Center, and she's also a trainer in the success principles methodology by Jack Canfield. Now, if you don't know Jack, he is the critically acclaimed co-founder of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. She's also been personally mentored by Sloan from the Daring Life Society and success coach expert David Neagle. Her clients range from leaders of multi-million dollar companies with thousands of employees to solopreneurs that are still building towards sustainability. Alex and I focus in on her own personal growth journey and her business growth journey and just how she came to find the difference between doing versus being and really how that we all are what we think about and that we create what we focus on. And and I think one other thing that we really talked about or she talked about was really having agency in our life that we can choose and we can design our life the way we want to and the way we want it to look. Make special note, and and you may even want to just get out a pad of paper right now, because there are some practices that she explains that she does in her own life that have really helped her to make that quantum leap forward. So enjoy this conversation with Alex Persglove. Hey, Alex, welcome to In the Growth Space Podcast. I'm so grateful to have you here today.
1: Oh, thanks, David. I'm so happy to be here. I always love our conversations.
0: I do too. I do too. And I know that today is going to be a great one. You know, before we started recording, I was talking about this little segment that I have where I'm talking with business owners and business leaders like yourself who have been going through a growth journey and, and a growth process. And I like sharing stories of other business leaders and business owners because it really helps, I think, all of us to be able to learn from each other. And so I'd love to just start with, you know, what guys you to this point in your journey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad that you are interviewing people and having them share about their experiences because I think you can understand concepts, right? And to dig into principles and different ideas. But when you actually hear how people have integrated that into their experience, it makes it so much more tangible to understand, right? How you actually integrate growth. Um, So I'm I'm thrilled to be here talking about that with you. Yeah. Yeah, So in terms of my story, I started my business over five years ago, and really spent the first few years of growing my business on the side, I was still employed, you know, full time elsewhere. And then over the first few years, I was really learning a lot about how to actually run a business. I had a background in film and nonprofit. And so I really didn't know that much about running a coaching business. And I learned a lot about how to actually coach. And I was studying, you know, growth principles and, and learning about coaching. But by the time I went full time with my business, I learned that I still had a lot to learn about how to actually scale and grow a business. And what I've come to understand, which I know we'll talk more about today, is that I was trying so hard to focus on learning systems and strategies and tools and kind of all of the things to do in growing Mm -hmm. a business. And I came to this point of realizing that one of the greatest areas I was missing was actually looking at my growth and how I was showing up as a business leader and looking at the way I was thinking and feeling and my beliefs and coming to learn that one of the greatest ways to actually grow my business was to reflect on my way of being and how I was showing up daily. So in the last maybe 18 months or so, I took this really deep dive into my own personal growth and continuing to learn about all the things to do and actions to take and strategies right for a business. But I dug a lot deeper into my growth and how I was showing up. And that was like unlocking... (laughs) the door to massive growth in both myself personally and also in my business results. And I really made this transition from growing my business and kind of this grind and stress and sort of one step forward, one step back way that I had been doing it into making a quantum leap forward in results and um, having, you know, my greatest year of growth ever and also doing so with more enjoyment. Yeah. So it's been a really exciting last 18 months. Well, I know we've had a lot of challenges in the world over the last 18 months, right? And there's been those too, but it's also been just a really fruitful journey uh, Mm. to be digging deep into that growth. So it's something I'm always excited to talk about.
0: I love that. And, you know, and it's really one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because you know, we've had conversations prior mm-hmm. to this. We've 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 gotten together and and back in the pre-COVID world when we actually could have coffee <laughs> together, right. we had a lot of great discussions and and I just know uh, a little bit more about your journey and I, I I would love for you just to talk a little bit about like what was the one big discovery that maybe was I don't know if it was like the linchpin or the maybe the first domino to start some of the others dominoes to fall. What was that for you? Oh,
1: it's a little challenging to narrow it down to just one, I would say, (laughs) other than being under this umbrella of looking at my way of being. But I really think if I could narrow it down more, it was coming to identify how much fear was driving my actions and decisions. And fear, not just meaning feeling afraid, but recognizing there's a spectrum of fear. And so doubt, confusion, worry, anxiety, judgment, comparison, all of those, right? Lack of clarity, all of that falls on the fear-based spectrum. Mm -hmm. So coming to really identify and understand that when my fear was in the driver's seat, that it would cause me to fall into people-pleasing or not having boundaries or not owning the value of what I was doing. And basically trying to Position my business from a standpoint of, well, how do I do this so that everyone around me is approving of it or thinking what I'm doing is great or yeah. that I'm not upsetting anybody or nobody thinks I'm too expensive or nobody's doubting this or doubting that. And, you know, really I had been operating in that way of trying to please everybody in my business yeah. instead of looking at putting what I call my highest self, meaning myself that operates without fear and is in full alignment. Um, For me, that's with God and how I'm being led um, to move forward. And so when I learned how to take fear out of the driver's seat and put my highest self in the driver's seat and say, wait, I'm going to be the creator of my business and the designer of my business. Instead of building it, trying to avoid making mistakes or avoid, again, people not approving, Hmm. what if I built it? from within yeah. and owning my vision, owning my value and mm-hmm. building it with much more empowerment. And right. I would say that was really what caused the greatest shifts to happen, kind of unlock the door to everything else that trickled yeah. down from there.
0: I could see that. I could get that. And, and that, I, to me, that makes total sense because it's, it's really about owning what you want for your business. Now, I I recognize that some of our listeners don't have their own business. However, I think it's the same principle because you're you're owning your own career and (laughs) you can choose to work where you work or not, you know, or, yes. or or make a different choice. And so I think that just being able to be in control of and make those decisions for our own personal growth and, and really embracing that is is really super important for, I think, our listeners to to understand.
1: Yeah, I agree, David. And I love that you related that to not just business owners, but also looking mm-hmm. at how, no matter where you are in your life or what your profession is, you have agency over yeah, your absolutely. choices all the time, mm-hmm. yeah. right? It's one of the most powerful gifts we've been given as human beings is our ability to choose, right? Mm-hmm. So you always have the ability to say, oh, I am going to put myself in the driver's seat. And you do always have choices available to you. And so when you... Take your circumstances out of the driver's seat and put you and your decision making ability back in there. Mm -hmm. It allows you to really create your life and design it the way that you want it to be, all within the context of what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. Right. So I know, like, I've had clients who aren't business owners say, Well, I don't really have choices. If I don't do this, then my boss, you know, they might fire me. And I would say, Okay, yeah, that's true. But are there people who choose not to? meet their deadlines or not do this or not do that. And do they get fired? Yes. It's still a choice. It's Uh, available to you. It's just, you may not like the choice. You'd rather have your job. So when you view it through that lens, it's empowering to recognize you always have the ability to decide what's worth it to you, what you're available for and what you're willing to do.
0: Yeah, so true. So true. You used a a word and and a distinction that I'd love for you to just unpack. And that word was being and for Mm -hmm. those of the listeners who are part of the Emerging Leader Inner Circle, you guys are going to probably understand this because I've, I've, I've used this distinction before, like, who do you need to be, as opposed to what do you need to do? And so talk a little bit about that like where did you where did you find that concept and how did you apply it then to your own personal growth as you were you've been growing your own your, your own self and your own business.
1: Yeah, I would say really the concept was introduced to me through a couple mentors um, that I've worked with that I highly respect and I've learned so much from. And that was a huge part of my journey. When I said about 18 months ago, I took this deep dive mm-hmm. into my growth. I decided to work with some really high level mentors, coaches, and learn from them about your way of being and really your way of thinking. So you mentioned that thinking about how you're being all starts within your thoughts. Right. Because you, you really are what you think about. Right. Or another way of saying is you create what you focus on. Right. And so, based on how you're thinking and your perception, you can have a totally different experience of something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for example, there's different entrepreneurs out there who have experienced bankruptcy. Right. And there's some entrepreneurs who they've, you know, had some setbacks, mistakes. Maybe they hit bankruptcy and they view it as, oh, this is a failure. This means, you know, there's all this shame attached and it's done now and I can't achieve my dreams and they stop. And then there's other entrepreneurs who have experienced bankruptcy who have looked at it from a viewpoint of, okay, well, that was a challenge. Now, what can I learn from it? <laughs> how right. can I grow? How can I use this to up-level myself? I'm not done. My vision's happening. So this is just a big hurdle that I need to work through and mm-hmm. figure out how to pivot and adjust. And then they've gone on to have really successful businesses. Yeah. So your perception, how you see yourself, how you view your circumstances, how you choose to respond, how you think about them has the greatest impact. On your results. So for me, when I started looking at my way of being, it all started with looking at how I was thinking. Uh,
0: yeah. Gosh, this is so good because our our thoughts become our reality. And I, you know, you you said that maybe in some different words, but I think that as we notice our thoughts, that's when we can become more aware of. The direction of them and what's causing our reality and what's happening in our world. And, and you also mentioned something or you, you talked about something that I think is really important. And that is reframing our situations by, by thinking or taking a look at our thoughts differently. Mm-hmm. Like you just, the, the example you gave, I think was was fantastic. And I think that there are a lot of business owners and business leaders that maybe that might be new to them. They may be, that's a new concept for them, but just taking a step back and actually thinking about our thoughts, that's what's going to drive our results. I guess talk a little bit about that process of really getting in tune with your thoughts, you know, do some, some meditation practicing, you know, what kind of practices did you uh, put into place to be able to, to, to get there?
1: Yeah, I would say yes. And for sure. <laughs> so absolutely the meditation wow. and, Really, um, with that, I would say, first, you have to slow down and create enough space for you to actually consciously think, right? So this is something I see with so many of my clients, and I get it. I've been there before too, of... You know, the common plight of a business owner is having too much to do, not enough time to do it, and always being kind of in that go, go, go mode. And this was one of the harder shifts for me to make and something I honestly continue to reflect on because my go-to instinct is to be in go mode. You know, it's some of that kind of high achieving tendency of like, (laughs) got to check those boxes, you know, off my or check everything off my to-do list, right? Check the boxes today, get it all done. But if you're not creating space for yourself, that's where you go into autopilot and on autopilot is where you tend to operate in a lot more fear. And because that's sort of the go-to habit, Mm -hmm. right? Or what you've been conditioned to operate with. So it's first creating space in your schedule and recognizing your most important role as a business owner is to be the visionary of your business, Right. right? And having that space to really reflect and to think about how am I (laughs) reflecting and thinking on, you know, what's happening? What decisions am I making? So creating the space, number one, creating space for meditation and things like that. And then also it's becoming really conscious daily of your way of thinking Mm -hmm. so that you can start observing your thoughts before you Mm -hmm. participate in them. Okay. So yeah, something I learned this from a mentor and it was huge for me was that realizing when I'm in reactionary mode, if I'm reacting, I haven't given myself space to observe and then respond. So, anytime I'm going into blaming or complaining, or again, judgment, comparison, defending, justifying, excuse making, all those sort of fear based reactions,
0: Mm -hmm. I'm in
1: reacting. So, that means I haven't given myself space to step back and observe my thoughts first. And all those reactions keep you stuck because they Mm -hmm. keep you focused on the problems. So, it's about stepping back and recognizing oh, I'm having fear come up, or I'm having Mm -hmm. this come up, you know, observing your thoughts, your way of thinking, what is my perspective right now? And Mm -hmm. is it taking me into fear? And if it is, then starting to observe those first and Mm -hmm. acknowledge them and look at them consciously instead of just reacting and participating. So, sometimes it's as simple as just stepping back, taking some breaths, and then saying, wait, how do I want to choose to consciously respond to this?
0: Yeah, absolutely. What are some other things that you've done to, uh, like, are there other practices too? Like, I, I love the, just the taking and slowing down because I, I've been in the corporate world. You've been in a corporate world. It's always go, 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 go. And it's, you know, pedal to the metal. And the slowing down is super counterintuitive. And I, for one, like you is, I, I'm just not, that's not my natural. I mean, slowing down is not natural for me. I'm learning. I'm learning to do that. And a couple of things that I've done is build in time for, especially my morning routine, my morning rituals, to be able to do things like meditate and, and pray and and, and journal. I, I journal an awful lot and I journal my thoughts a lot. And I'm kind of curious to hear, are there any other practical steps or how do you put it into practice, You know. Like, do you build it into your calendar? What do do you do?
1: Sure. And just to clarify, are you talking about practices to create more space for yourself or more practices for evaluating your thoughts? So you're talking about creating space.
0: Yes, yes, yeah, okay. yes. And,
1: <laughs> yes, and, and by yes, the way, I love that.
0: You'll, you'll notice, <laughs> listeners, that she is an awesome coach because she's asking clarifying questions. So, so just a little <laughs> caveat or a little k- comma there. So, thanks. I
1: appreciate <laughs> that affirmation, David. Thank you. Yeah. So, practices for creating space. This is a, a great topic because, again, it's something yeah. I'm consistently evaluating and reflecting on. I have room sure. to create even more space now. So, um, it's an ongoing practice. But yeah. as you mentioned, creating space in your calendar is first and foremost, right? Yeah. Because if you're always booked up back to back with everything, it's mm-hmm. really hard to create the space. So. I'm a believer in the morning routine, for sure. And I have that as well. I block Mm -hmm. out all my mornings just about so that they're for my time, right? Well, sometimes with family and then sometimes my time, right? reflection and journaling and and meditation, visioning, planning, things like that. And then I also believe it's important throughout the day, right? Because if you start your day like that, but then 9am rolls around and then you're in go, 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 go mode Mm -hmm. till 9pm, even having that morning time is not going to offset you being in that reactionary mode the rest of the day. So what I always recommend is reflecting on what are the things that are getting you the greatest results in your business and going sort of exploring for what you're doing that's not really supporting your vision or what are you doing that's not getting results. So Mm -hmm. taking an honest evaluation of your time Mm -hmm. and evaluating, okay, where am I spending my time? What's getting me results? What am I doing just because I feel like I should? Or maybe it's a good thing to do, but it's not actually serving the vision and reflecting what can be delegated, what can be eliminated, or what could be alleviated. And then obviously on the delegating side, there's evaluating what am I delegating to my team? Am I most effectively utilizing them? Do I need to bring on another team member to create more space for myself and -hmm. and use that person to invest in the growth of the vision um, so I can be even more in my sweet spots? So it starts with that reflection of your time and then thinking about... What do you need to do? And putting yourself in that driver's seat, making those choices. What do you need to do to prioritize what's most important for you to be focused on? And that includes having space for you to be the visionary, for you to be making those decisions, and for you to be reflecting on how you're showing up and how you're being, because that's all going to be the greatest contributors to you accelerating your results, at least in a way that's not from a place of grind and stress. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely does. So for those people listening who may not have as much flexibility as perhaps like you and I do, how do you recommend that they put space in their day? Because I know there's a lot of people in corporate environments who you know, have other people put things on their calendar. They've got meetings they're invited to or requested, demanded that they have to be there, whatever the case may be. How do you help them to be able to put that space in their day? Because I think that I, I agree. I think it's super important. And I I don't know if you have thoughts on that.
1: Sure, I do. And they're actually really similar to what you do as a business owner. Now, of course, if you're in an employee role, right, or you have people that you're reporting to, then there are going to be more things maybe put on your calendar that you're still choosing to show up to because you value your job and doing a good role in your job. But at the same time, yeah, you're not necessarily creating your calendar in the same way as a business owner might. So At the same time, it still starts with getting a good inventory or taking a good inventory of how you're spending your time and looking at, oh, where am I giving this time? Because I've done this with clients before where they'll end up discovering when they track their time that they were spending an hour on social media throughout the day, not realizing they were mindlessly scrolling or surfing or they were going through emails right, and spending way too much time on email over these tasks. So... It's interesting what you can uncover when you look at something really consciously. So I would still recommend starting out with that inventory of your time, evaluating it, tracking it, right? And saying, okay, now maybe I'm spending an hour surfing social media every night. Is that time I could dedicate more to creating space for myself, right? Or for me, you know, my reflection, my growth. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it adjusting you know, what I, what time I'm getting up in the morning and adjusting what time I go to bed or really starting with a clear picture of where you want to be, Mm -hmm. a clear picture of where you are. And then it involves brainstorming how you close the gap.
0: Yeah. No, gosh, that's, that's great. I think that's so wise too, because no matter where we are, whether we're business owners or whether we, uh, you know, work for a a company, we are. Again, coming back to uh, something you said earlier, we all do have agency. We all have the ability to create that space somewhere, some way on our calendar and in our day. I mean, and, and I love your, your recommendation to take inventory and really assess where are you taking and, and investing your time? Where's your time going? Because I, I think going back to an earlier comment you made too, is just that go, go, go all the time means that we're not being conscious or aware of where we are spending our time and investing our time. So I think that's, that's really important.
1: I appreciate that, David. And, you know, as you were talking, it reminded me of something which we talked about a little bit before we started recording, um, but sort of dive into this a little deeper, I think often too, when people are evaluating creating space or more time in their schedules, I hear people say a lot, I want to create more balance, right? And work-life balance. Uh And something that I propose, or I talk to my clients about is that rather than looking to achieve work-life balance, because really when you think about balance, it's sort of looking at work-life over here and my personal life over here, and I want them to be equal. Uh Right, So eight hours at work, eight hours personal, and then you've got to fit in sleep in there too. And then you've got commutes and errands and all those different things. So balance is actually a little bit of a difficult goal to really achieve versus what I propose that I believe leads to more fulfillment is looking at work-life integration. And so what I mean by that is bringing your whole self to whatever you're doing and being present where you are. So sometimes creating space doesn't even just mean creating more time for something, but it means creating presence. And being fully engaged in what you're doing. And that's where space can be hard to achieve or that presence can be hard to achieve if you're always in go mode, because you're kind of operating in that, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And I've got to do this. And in the back of my mind, I've still got these 10 tasks I have to do while I'm in this meeting. And so what I actually propose aiming towards as you're evaluating that clear picture of what you want is aiming towards more of that integration and saying, how can I bring my whole self Mm -hmm. to whatever I'm doing so that I'm enjoying what I'm doing and I'm being present because fulfillment really lives in being present. So thinking about how can I sort of be my authentic self in whatever I'm doing and remove the fear and the antsiness that I should be doing this, 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 but feeling really good about what I'm doing now.
0: So I'm curious how you feel about that. I I so love that and I resonate with that so much and I too have used that word of of integration. It's mm-hmm. it's really about again bringing your whole self and and creating this totality of of life and 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 I loved what you said too about being very present. Um, you know, just recently I was on vacation and we were in a, a, a situation, we were at in a place where you had to be very observant. And there was some space at the beginning of, of this event. And we looked around, and everyone else in the room. I mean, everyone else except for a, a little girl who was probably nine years old and didn't have a phone. They were looking at their phone, and they mm-hmm. were just—you know—you could just see they're scrolling. And <laughs> we looked at each other. My wife wanted to scream, but <laughs> uh, luckily she didn't. Sure. But, uh, but, <laughs> but it's it's that presence of being present, and and and, and I'm a work in progress. Believe me, I, I'm not there yet. But because probably had I not been with my wife and my daughter and, and and her boyfriend, I could have been there too, you know, but, but I think that being present, I'm learning to be present. And, and in that space, gosh, you can get so much insight and just, I guess, learning from, mm-hmm. from that presence and, and being with other people. And anyway, so I, I just wanted to bring that out because I think that, that you just talked about in being present and being aware of the people in front of you or the situation in front of you, rather than thinking about the next thing. What do I need to do next? What do I need to do next? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really a skill that's so needed for leaders today and for really for our own personal growth, to be able to learn how to do that or should I say, relearn how to do that. I think we lost how to do that when we were kids. Right,
1: Right. well, the more technology is advanced, I think the less present we've become, as you just mentioned with the phone example. But it is, it's such a important piece of evaluating how am I being in this moment, right? And it requires mm-hmm. you to be present to reflect on that. Am, am I being present? Am I showing up for people? Am I focused on you know my clients and what they're sharing with me? Or am I focused on my team members and listening to them? Am I focused on my family and really allowing mm-hmm. myself to enjoy that time? That's where I see so many entrepreneurs who have gone into this habit of beating themselves up, of feeling like they're not prioritizing their families enough or that, you know, or they're spending too much time with family with everything that's happened this year, you know, and the craziness that's gone on and maybe they're not paying enough attention to their business. And all of that comes down to evaluating, you know, are you, I love that Clint Hurdle from the Pittsburgh Pirates said this once at an event many years ago, but I always remembered how he said it. He said, be where your feet are. And I just loved that saying, you know, be where your feet are, be present where you are. And so, so much of the feeling guilt about not being present you know, comes from mm-hmm. not being where your feet are. And yeah. that also requires, well, I'll say cultivating trust in what you're yeah. doing, trust in yourself, your decisions, and in your vision, and in your ability mm-hmm. to have that work-life integration.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. So good. Something you yes. said earlier in our conversation, I, I just wanted to go back to it for a second because I, I really think sure. business leaders miss this an awful lot. And so you talked about your business growth over the last 18 months and the correlation then to your your personal growth and just the the work that you've done on yourself and w- you know within yourself with a coach with a mentor s- speak to leaders who who are always perhaps looking at the numbers or the efficiencies and the 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 metrics and the KPIs I guess how do you what would you say to them for the case, maybe making the case for for investing in their people and helping their people to grow. Because it's my belief, and and I I know this is true, that when we invest in our people and help them grow, help them get outside of their comfort zone and, and look at themselves, when your people grow, your business will grow too. So I guess, what would you say to business leaders, maybe business owners... Who, who might be listening. How do they do that? Or what's, you know, make the case, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, um, oh, there's a couple different ways I could go with this, but I'll just yeah, yeah. share what comes up first. So sure, sure. my first thought was one, really, really embracing the idea that as a business owner, when you want to see greater leaps of growth, right, or greater leaps forward in your results, it requires you to invest first, And then you grow, right? So obviously, so many of us are taught that, oh, wait until, you know, the growth comes and then you can invest, right? So I see a lot of entrepreneurs that will say, I really want to bring on an additional team member, but I have to wait till I have their salary, you know, 6 months of their salary, 12 months of their salary stored up. And what I always encourage entrepreneurs to look at is if you invest in this team member and either based on their activities and what they're doing, or indirectly, they're going to take things off of your plate or your sales team, right? their place or whatever it might be, how could you grow so much more quickly by investing in that person first? right? And so again, that comes back to cultivating belief in your vision and trust in yourself as a leader. So really having that trust that if you invest in your vision and invest in your people, you're investing in the company's growth. And then also recognizing that as an entrepreneur, when you're accelerating your business results you don't have the capacity to do it all, right? So many people, especially people who've started their own businesses, it's like when you first start your business, you're wearing all the hats, (laughs) you're doing all the things. (laughs) So you're used to being a one man or one woman show and doing it all. And so it can be hard to delegate. And even people that come in to take over existing companies, right? Or leaders who grow up within a company, um, when you're used to doing the work to get you into leadership, it can be hard to delegate sometimes. But recognizing that, you are best off focusing on your sweet spots, right? And your core genius areas. And so it's your responsibility to get your team members to be able to really run the ship without you. Right. And that they not only are taking on the tasks that you've delegated to them, but that you're helping them with making decisions and helping them with being the CEO of their role. Mm -hmm. Because the more team members you have who are the CEOs of their role, the more freedom you're going to create for yourself and the more you're going to be able to focus on your core genius areas. So I personally believe investing in yourself, investing in your team is one of the absolute greatest ways you can spend your money as a leader Mm -hmm. and your time, your effort, your energy, your focus, because that's your people are everything, right? They're going to make or break your ability to, I don't want to say to coast, but to um, to go to the next level and to create more freedom yeah, for yourself, yeah, yeah, right? Absolutely. So there's actually um, a great book. Oh, goodness, I can't believe I'm having a mind-blank moment on the author's okay. name, but the book's called Clockwork.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, Mike Michalowicz. Uh, thank yeah. you, Mike
1: Michalowicz. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, so that's also a great book that talks about you know, pouring into your team and how by doing so you can create more freedom for yourself as an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. We'll yeah, For leader. sure. For sure. Well, and, and, you know, speaking of books, you used a phrase and I'm, I'm, I'm more curious. I actually don't know the answer to this question, but have you integrated any of the traction or the EOS system in your business? Cause you use the word visionary. And I know that in that book, mm. he talks about Uh, Gina Wickham Wickham talks about, you know, having a, being the visionary and then having an integrator and then being able to offload some of those tasks of integrating your vision into the organization. So I'm curious if you've uh, used any of that in your own business.
1: Yeah. So I haven't really implemented EOS in my business Um, in terms of an actual process standpoint. I've definitely read the book. It's a great book. And I, I would endorse the book. I'll say, I think he has great philosophies about Having that integrator and you being the visionary—that's funny. I forgot. Yeah, that—that's the title that he yes. gives uh, the yeah. other person. But yeah, it's a great process, and all of this, you know, clockwork, EOS, or Traction or is the name of yeah. the book about EOS. Yeah. All supports that idea of creating freedom for yourself as a business leader yeah. by having solid processes, by having a solid team, and really people that can that can make things run. Mm-hmm. Right? Whether you're there or not. So you get to yeah. be the visionary, the ultimate decision maker for where the business is going. But the more your team members are equipped and supported and the more they love what they do, right, which lends to creating a great culture. Right, Companies mm-hmm. that have great cultures have so much better results, especially in times of crisis, right? than companies sure. that don't focus on their people. So there's so much research to support people development is vital for business uh-huh. growth.
0: I love it. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> yeah, you hit the nail right on the head, uh, Alex. That's so good. We've covered a lot of ground today. And this is I, I love this conversation. And, and I knew that it would be amazing. Because first of all, I know you and, and I know that, you know, your growth path has been amazing. And I've loved Seeing that growth, and but we didn't talk about what you do and and who you serve. So forgive me for asking for not asking that, but let's let's go there now. So who do you serve, and and what do you do?
1: Yeah, no problem. We dove (laughs) right into the personal growth, which is my favorite topic. So yeah, I got carried away with it too. (laughs) So I am a business and success coach. Right, I work with entrepreneurs and helping them to become unapologetic about who they are. So showing up with that full confidence in your vision, yourself and your value, and also really putting... Well, I'll say this way, also taking fear out of the driver's seat right? and learning how to operate in your highest self, how to operate with empowerment and to look at your way of being and how you're showing up in order to create that quantum leap forward in your results, your revenue and your impact. So um, that's my main focus area with the entrepreneurs that I work with. Well, I should say I work with entrepreneurs that are getting started that are working towards sustainability. And then we work with leaders of you know, multi-million dollar companies with many team members. So there's quite a range yeah, in the different yeah. business leaders that we work with. Uh, but the main focus is people that really want to step into that empowerment, becoming unapologetic, and who really want to make a big leap forward in yeah. results, revenue, and impact.
0: Love it. I love it. Well, and so the next thing that I need to ask you then, is so if for, for people who are listening and want to know more, where do they go to find out more about you? How do they get in touch
1: with you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can check out our website, uh, paysuccesscoaching.com, or I'm happy to connect on social media as well. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Alex Persglove, or on Facebook, you know, we're Pay Success Coaching. So any of those methods online, (laughs) I'd be more than happy uh, to connect and yeah, to chat with anybody who's more interested in this kind of material.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Alex, thank you so much for being on today and just really sharing your journey, sharing how you've really applied some of the the personal growth and development in your own life and, and the results that it's had for not only you personally, but for your business. And then Really allowing us to look into that so that we can glean for our own personal growth as well. And I, I hope the, the business owners and the business leaders who are listening were taking notes. I, I was scribbling notes because there's so much that, that Alex said that I think and shared that I think is really, really important to, to really understand and, and getting fear out of the way is so important. And then slowing down. Those were two things that I know for sure are keys to really being able to accelerate and in 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 your words, Alex, get a quantum leap forward in your growth and, and in the results that you want. So I hope you were taking notes. And if you weren't go back and listen to it again, listen again, because I think uh, there's so much gold in this conversation. So Alex, thank you. Thanks for for being a part of the, the podcast today.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me, David. I love these kinds of conversations. So always enjoy speaking with you and I would welcome anyone's thoughts or questions that come from listening to the podcast. Please feel free to reach out.
0: Well, if you couldn't tell, I'm a huge fan of Alex's and I just think she's an amazing coach and an amazing business owner who has really, really taken the time and the investment in her own life to improve not only her business and grow her business, but also grow her clients as well. I thought that there were some really amazing things that she talked about, especially around the practices that she uses herself. I think the one that I just want to reiterate was the, the slowing down and creating space for visioning and reflecting, I, I know that we took a little bit of time with that in the, the episode, but really taking time and blocking it in your calendar is just a, a practice that I, I think not too many business owners take. And so I just want to encourage you, if there's one takeaway from this particular episode that I just want to encourage you to, to do, and that is block time in your calendar and slow down and create some space for creating your own vision and reflect and and be aware of your thoughts so that you can observe them before you participate in them, as she said. So I hope that you really enjoyed this podcast episode. Next time, we have probably one of the highest profile guests that I've had on this podcast, a guy by the name of Mike Kim. And Mike is a marketing expert and he is releasing a a new book called You Are The Brand. And I'm so honored to have him on. And I can't wait to uh, have you listen in to that episode next week. So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed so that it automatically downloads to your podcast app. And until next time, stay outside your comfort zone and be well.